Good morning. Today is Monday, so it's Bible Monday. And uh, we've been journeying through John, and today we're going to talk about John 18. We're journeying through John 18. So if you can turn your Bibles there. As we look at the big question, which I think is in this chapter. What is truth? What is truth? Have you ever been in a situation where you're looking at something that's just staring right at you? It's in your hand, or you're looking for it, it's in your line of sight, and you just can't find it. Um, there's a flaw that I will admit here, but I will not admit at home. That's my problem. Uh, it will be time to go pick up the kids and, honey, I can't find my phone. You're talking on it. Oh, yeah, okay, I need to go. <laughs> it's time to go. Uh, where's my, where are my glasses? You have them on. To the dismay of my wife, I've passed that on to my kids. So she has a really tough time helping us find the things that are right within our grasp. In John 18, we encounter many characters who are looking at something, they're facing a reality that they cannot grasp. From Judas to Peter, from Annas to Caiaphas, from Pilate all the way to the crowds. They're staring at something. They're standing, or better, they're staring at someone, standing opposite him. They can't grasp the reality of who he is. They can't grasp the reality of what he's come to do. And I think the climax of that finds itself when Pilate asks of Jesus, what is truth? John doesn't answer that question. Well, at least he doesn't tell us what Jesus Christ answers. Because Pilate asks what is truth, and then the scene moves to something else. He went and told the people, I have found no problem in it with this guy. But John doesn't do anything that he doesn't intend to. So I find myself asking, why will he not tell us what Jesus Christ answered? Why will he leave this question hanging? What is truth? So I find myself going back to John 18 and looking at the characters that come face to face with Jesus Christ. And asking myself, what is it? What is it about truth that will cause an insider to become a betrayer? What is it about truth that will cause Judas, who was a very close friend of Jesus Christ, because we're told he was the treasurer, and you can't trust the money to somebody that you really do not trust. What is it that will cause Judas to become the betrayer? And John 18 tells us 
Judas took upon himself to facilitate Jesus' arrest. He knew the place. He knew the routine, which means it was easy for him to lead the soldiers to Jesus. So he's got knowledge, and he acted upon that knowledge to betray Jesus Christ. So what does it take for a friend to become a foe? What does it take for a loved one to become indifferent, to become an adversary? Money? John tells us that he was a thief. He would take from the purse from time to time, and then he sold Jesus Christ. Perhaps he was disillusioned. We should not be too hard on Judas or Peter or the Jews as a whole because they were expecting something, and Jesus Christ taught them to believe that he was someone. And the way things were unfolding, they had to scratch their heads and say, mm, I saw this going differently. The king, if he was truly the king, was supposed to actually ride in power, let's start fighting, but he's doing something different. Maybe he was disillusioned. But when we go back to chapter 13, 14, we also, John also let us in on a secret. Because we're told as soon as he ate the bread, Jesus gave him a bread, Satan entered him. And Jesus said, go do whatever it is that you plan to do. And I hope it is not lost on you that this is happening in a garden. Your translation may say an olive grove, but the better way to translate that is the garden of olives, olive gardens. So it's deja vu all over again, because many, many years before, an insider turned adversary went to a garden and approached the first humans and confronted them with the truth. Did God really say? And there too, the first humans chose to betray the one who loved them, the one whom they loved, and stood with the adversary. And there's an irony in that the soldiers come and, and Jesus Christ, uh, who are you looking for? And they answer, Jesus of Nazareth, the man. And Jesus answered, I am. And they fall flat. Why? Because in the I am, if you know John carefully, Jesus is revealing who he is as Yahweh himself. They're looking for the man. Yahweh himself revealed himself. And Judas shall know, because he will have heard all of those statements before. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the living water. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And what we read is this. And Judas was standing with them when Jesus revealed himself. So what is it about truth that causes an insider 
to become a betrayer and to stand with the soldiers instead of Jesus? What is it about truth that causes a friend to become a fighter, to become a denier? Peter, by all accounts, one of Jesus' closest friends, except for the one whom Jesus loved, at least as we know here in John, ready to fight. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 put your sword back. So is it possible that because Jesus rebuked him about fighting, not fighting, then he decides that, well, if I'm not going to fight, then I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stand with you. Three times, the opportunity came for him to do the right thing. Were you one of them? No. -uh. I think I saw you in the garden with him. Ah, no, 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 you get that wrong. What is it about truth that caused a friend to become a denier? So there he is standing with all those who were warming themselves up by the fire. He's standing with those who oppose Jesus Christ instead of the friend whom he knew. What is it about truth that causes the head of the holy priesthood to turn into the head of an unholy alliance. In, in John 18, we have Annas, who was a former high priest, and it can get confusing because you say Annas the high priest, Caiaphas the high priest. What's happening here is that Annas used to be a high priest, and in AD 15, Rome deposed him. So if our math is right, it's been about 15 years, okay? But Annas continues to exert a lot of influence, partly because he's still alive, partly because he's the father-in-law of the current high priest, Caiaphas. So we find Jesus Christ being judged by the former high priest and then the current high priest. But together, these people are the ones who used to once a year, or at least Caiaphas still, once a year, will go into the Holy of Holies, standing in front of Yahweh himself to atone and pray for the sins of the people. That's their job. Yet we find them standing across from Jesus Christ, asking him who he is, and they can't get it. They're the high priests, but they are also in charge of this alliance with the Romans, who together, they now decide to take down Jesus Christ. So here they are, standing with Rome, standing with the enemy, heading an unholy alliance against the Holy One of God. 
good people keeping bad company. It's an irony, right? Because later on, you're going to find when they send Jesus Christ to Pilate, they send Jesus Christ inside the courts to Pilate. They stay outside. Why? Because they don't want to defile themselves. So they understand what's right and what's wrong. And it's ironic that Caiaphas will say, well, it's better for one person to die for everyone. So he understands Jesus Christ is going to be a sacrifice, but that sacrifice can go into an unholy place. But they will stay outside. So what is it about truth that caused these things to happen? What is it about truth that causes a powerful judge and a smart judge of character to turn into a coward? His name is Pilate. And when you read verses 28 to 38, there's this interaction between him and Jesus Christ that shows us that Pilate understands the reality of what's happening. They took him from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. So Pilate went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, this man is not a, uh, if, this man is, if this man were not a criminal, we will not have handed him over to you. Well, take him yourself and judge him according to your laws. The Jews replied, we're not permitted to put anyone to death. Then Pilate entered the headquarters and called Jesus Christ. Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, uh, do you ask that on your own or did others tell you about me? I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest have handed you over to me. What have you done? My kingdom, he says, is not from this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my followers will be fighting to keep me from being handed over to you. And Peter wished he were a fly on that wall. Because it's like, hello? I tried to fight and you say no. And now you're saying, if I was a king here, my people will fight. But you see, Peter got it wrong. He was fighting for the wrong thing. Because this is not the kind of fight that Jesus came to fight. So you are a king. And Jesus is like, well, yes and no. I am a king of a different realm. So not the question you're asking. I'm a king over the realm of truth. Because those who believe in truth are with me. Those who believe in truth hear my voice and behave accordingly. So Pilate is faced with the truth but chose 
to stand with the crowd. He asked the question, what is truth? Or maybe, what is truth? We don't know. Is he being sarcastic? Is he being genuine? Either way, when the robber met the road, Pilate, because he's scared of his own position, because he's scared about the implications of what his decision may make, found Jesus not guilty, but lacked the courage to set him free. What is it about truth that caused people not to act on what they believe, not to see what's staring them in the face? You see, sometimes we mistake a search for answers for a search for truth. Let me say that again. Sometimes we mistake the search for answers for a search for truth. Sometimes we're willing to settle for what is fake because what is fake is more desirable than the real thing. Pilate went out and says, well, this guy is not guilty, and usually I release somebody for you. Should I release this one? The people say, no, 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 no. Release Barabbas, and here's the other irony. Barabbas literally means son of the father, Bar Abbas. Give us the son of the father. Kill the son of the father, the son of God himself. Give us the fake one. We don't want the real one. We mistake the search for answers for a search for truth. Those of us who are old enough may remember the movie where this young lawyer, naval lawyer, is grilling this major general on the stand because they went to war and something happened to one of the soldiers, Santiago. So he's grilling this general, and the general asks him, do you want answers? Do you want answers? He said, no, I want the truth. You can't handle the truth, he said. You don't want the truth. You want answers. If, you don't, if you're not old enough to know this one, maybe you know the parrots of the Caribbean, right? Barbosa on the ship with Miss Swan, with Miss Turner. Because the ghosts have just revealed themselves. And Barbosa is talking to Turner and he said, I have not feel, I cannot feel the wind, nor the spray of the sea. You better start believing ghost stories, Miss Turner, because you're in one.
What is it about truth? You see, truth is not an idea. Truth is not the opposite of lies. Truth is not a scientific proposition. Truth is not the opposite of fake news. It's not fact checks. It's not relative. Truth is a person. I am the way, the truth, the life. His response is, I was born for that purpose, to bring truth to the world, to bear witness to the truth. And those who love truth recognize what I say is true. It's not enough to ask the question, what is truth? You've got to be a lover of truth. And if you love truth, you will see it. If you love truth, you will find it. If you love truth, you can recognize it. What is truth? Pilate asked. John doesn't tell us what he answered. But I think he's at least thinking. You're looking at him. You're looking at him. Truth is a person. Truth is not something to be had. Truth is something you inhabit. In John 17, he says, sanctify, that is, set them apart in the truth. Your word is truth. Truth is union with Christ. Us in him and he in us. His power at work in our lives, making us like him, giving us what it takes to obey. Are you searching for answers? You should probably stop. Search for truth. Better yet, allow yourself to be found by truth. Because truth is searching for you. Can you hear him? Back in the garden. He's calling you. He's calling you by name. Where are you? But they're hiding. And he's calling you today. If you come out, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free.